Hello everyone, and welcome to the English reading of Digimon Seekers Chapter 2, Intermission. As I mentioned in my Chapter 2 reading, I was unsure what an intermission would be in terms of this web novel, and if it would be separate to Chapter 2, or if it would have something to do with Chapter 3, or if it would be something else entirely. So I am releasing this separate to my reading of Chapter 2, in the future, if we do have an intermission like this, it will be included with that chapter, so this is just a fun extra little bit. In addition to this, if you haven't already done so, please read chapter 2 or listen to my reading of it. This takes place after the events of chapter 2, so you're going to want to know what happened in chapter 2 because this takes place immediately after it. I've already given my thoughts on Chapter 2 over on YouTube, so I'll add on my thoughts about the intermission in the outro segment. Once I'm done reading, uh, this, I, this is something I don't normally do, as these are typically just readings in this podcast, not discussion pieces, but since I didn't include it in my review video because the intermission wasn't out yet, I'll quickly summarise my thoughts at the end of the podcast in the outro. And finally, before I begin the English reading, I just want to reiterate that I'm not a professional voice actor or audiobook reader. This is just for fun, so I can't do fantastic voices. I'll do my best, but basically expect the same quality as uh, you've already seen or listened to, rather, in Chapter 1 and Chapter 2's reading. And now, with that housekeeping all out of the way, on to the reading of Digimon Seekers, Chapter 2. Intermission. An ambulance rushed its patient to the hospital attached to the Tokyo University of Electrical and Computer Engineering. They were found unresponsive in their apartment. The emergency room quickly routed them to the ICU, where they now lie in a deep coma. Their vital signs are low, but within normal levels. An extensive examination of the brain would likely yield no outward signs of injury or trauma. The patient is in a fine physical shape. The patient was seeing a therapist and prescribed medication, but there was zero indication of an overdose. For all intents and purposes, the patient was in an inexplicable coma. What an unfortunate turn of events! Professor Rusenji said, looking at his student. Several hours prior, Rusenji received word from Eiji that Leon had crossed over the L-line and was now lost. Eiji said it was his fault, that he was also mind-linked, but managed to return alive. Eiji didn't know Leon's address, and so contacted the professor, desperate to get Leon any help that he could. Rusenji called an ambulance and let them into the apartment, for which he had a key since it had been arranged in his name. There, they found Leon, unresponsive, and transported him to Tokyo Electrical's hospital. Leon was officially DMIA. There was no way to return his consciousness to his body. It was forever fused to the digicore of his partner Digimon. Did you ever meet Yuling, Leon? Professor Rusenji said idly to himself, trying to piece things together. He knew he'd have to tell the police, and given the circumstances, the digi-police, everything he knew. Leon was an American, and the son of a scholar who was aware of the digital world. 
that would create its own complications. This was about the worst possible thing that could happen in the course of Digital World Resource. Professor Vicenji picked up the Digimon linker that the doctors had removed from Leon during surgery and put it back on his wrist. You know one too many lies, I'm afraid, he said softly to Leon. He looked up at one of the many monitors tracking Leon's vitals and watched as the line tracking his pulse weakly registered in jagged bleeps across the screen. Eiji might as well have blacked out after he told Professor Risenji that Leon was DMIA. He curled up on the futon in the loft of his tiny apartment, periodically screaming or yelping as the anxiety and creeping dread built up inside him. He had to win, he had told himself. He willed his victory into existence, only to watch as it crumbled into utter defeat. He digivolved, only to lose. He reached the ultimate level, and was betrayed by a power he could not control. The person he threatened to trample over on his way to the top had sacrificed himself to protect him from a royal knight, an avatar of death. Leon wasn't coming back. His consciousness had crossed over from the real world into the digital world. Leon's body was recovered, and was now in a coma, a sleep from which he would never wake. Eiji could scream his name all he wanted, but Leon would never hear it. Whether Leon was in this world or the next, spiritually speaking, was immaterial. For all intents and purposes, he was dead. He'd pass through the firewall, never to return. Kazuchimon and Pulsemon were gone too, lost for all eternity. Even if they were lucky enough to escape from the Royal Knight's clutches, Leon's consciousness was a permanent part of their Digicore now. No one had ever naturally recovered from being DMIA, as Professor Risenji made clear to Eiji many times over. Eiji let Leon die. That is what it amounted to. He'd spent all this time sharpening his codecracker skills, but in the end, it wasn't enough to save anybody. <laughs> it's my fault. I killed Leon, A.G. whimpered. His insides lurched. He threw his hand up to cover his mouth, clattered down the ladder from the loft and flew into the toilet. He hastily flipped the lid and vomited pure bile and stomach acid into the grimy toilet. His mouth burned, but he didn't even have the energy to wash the bitter taste out of his mouth. Your Digimon Linker's readings are a mess, A.G.? Lugamon scolded, looking down from the loft. Lugamon was strangely healthy and upbeat, given the circumstances. There had been no catastrophic damage to their Digicore, which was fortunate. The only hit they'd taken in battle was the blast from that Royal Knight's cannon, a blow their berserk ultimate form took in stride. I can't do this anymore, Eiji said weakly. Eventually, his heart and mind would heal. Screaming and gnashing his teeth would just leave him too tired to move. He picked up the Digimon linker and put it back on his wrist. Hey, keep that on, that's where I live, Lugamon barked. Codecrackers, mind links, digivolutions, what good is any of it? I pushed you too hard, put us in harm's way, and, and now Leon's gone. All because of me. This isn't the victory that I wanted. 
a notification sound drew Eiji's attention to the Digimon linker. A text message from Tartarus. Excellent work. You are a hero of the SOC. The message of congratulations was a dagger in Eiji's heart. He gave the SOC what they wanted. They told him to punish the hacker judge by any means he saw fit. And he did just that. Judge would no longer interfere with SOC affairs. No other hackers would dare mess with them either. Eiji was a hero. He'd done exactly as Professor Rusenji asked. He'd infiltrated the upper echelon of the SOC to the point where they trusted him with sensitive information. That led him to fight Leon in retaliation. He had to make an example of him. He'd succeeded by every measure, and failed by every measure. He should be DMIA right now, not Leon. He didn't know what the Royal Knight Digimon was or what it wanted, but it was very clearly fixated on Eiji and Halugamon during the fight. What's causing you to vomit? Lugamon asked, jumping down from the loft. The pain. <laughs> Emotional pain. Why are you in pain? He was my friend, Lugamon. My best friend. And he fell into the vortex while he was mindling to Kazuchimon. I don't know what happened to him. No one does. Yeah, and it's and it's all my fault. It's all my fault. Eiji wailed. There were no laws pertaining to people involved in DMIA incidents. Eiji wouldn't be arrested for putting Leon in a coma, but the Digipolice were likely to have questions. They probably wouldn't try to blame any one person for what the Codecrackers were doing in the digital world. The Codecrackers certainly wouldn't try to pin it on anyone, but there was blame to be placed, and A.G. decided he would shoulder it. You know, I, I just remembered something, A.G. said, his voice raw and hoarse. What? Lugamon said, sitting on the floor with a marked thud. We've got something in common. Neither of us can clearly remember. I went to play with Leon down by the river once. I was with my family. We had a barbecue on the riverbank. Did you grill meat? Oh, I'm hungry, Lugamon said. Eiji realised he hadn't yet fed Lugamon today. We played in the river while our parents got the barbecue stuff set up. I ended up in a pretty deep part of the river, I guess. Leon told me as much. Our parents called us in for food, but when I tried to swim back, something grabbed my leg. Eiji went under, and was swept away by the current. He figured he was only underwater for a few seconds, but it was long enough to catch a glimpse of what lay below. He could see through the exceptionally clear water straight down to the riverbed, but it was a long, long way down. He was immediately filled with dread. So what happened? Obviously you wouldn't be here if you drowned, Lugamon yipped impatiently. Leon grabbed hold of my arm further downstream. It was sheer luck that I'd washed down to a shallow spot where he could grab me and stay on his feet. We both laughed it off with a, oh, that was close. Our parents hadn't even noticed I'd nearly been slipped away. Eiji would later see on the news that another kid, also of elementary school age, drowned at the same river. I was just a step away from death, Eiji said quietly. Thankfully, Leon had been there to save him once again. Eiji, listen. What? A.G. asked, still prone on the floor in front of the toilet bowl, not bothering to lift his head. I, uh, I opened this. Opened what? Well, that. 
Eiji said, lifting his gaze to the small package of data Pulsmon gave to Lugamon at the DDL cafe. Eiji reached up and flushed the toilet. They'd both left the package alone, fearing anything that came from a hacker might contain a virus. It's food, look, Lugamon said happily. A barrel of meat wrapped around a bone, straight out of a comic book or video game, sat inside the box. It definitely looked like the sort of thing that Lugamon would eat. Yeah, looks like it was a normal present after all, huh? Eiji said wearily. It looks delicious. There's a message here too. Pulsemon wrote you a note? Eiji thought about Pulsemon, Kazuchimon, falling through the vortex. What became of them? It says, let's meet up again soon. Eiji let out a small gasp. Pulsemon really did want to be friends with Lugamon. Eiji, Lugamon said softly. What? I think I might know why I went berserk when I digivolved into Halugamon. Will you hear me out? You what? Eiji said, looking down at Pulsemon. I, I Reader's note, pretty sure that they mean to say uh, looking down at Lugamon in that case. Anyway, let's continue. I really wanted another chance to fight Pulsemon. They constantly looked down on me and it was really getting to me. I wanted to get the better of them and maybe I would have lost, but... After I got that extra strength from them... What strength? Eiji said, stopping Lugamon. Well, you, better, you get better when you take on someone stronger than you. I wanted to keep fighting and then have another conversation with Pulsemon, and I think they wanted the same thing. Uh, that's why they gave me this food. They obviously wanted to have another bout and then have some food. Lugamon said this as they tore into the meat. Jaws working overtime to keep from any from dropping onto the floor. So when I digivolved and went feral, I think it's because you didn't really feel the same way, Lugamon said, jaw smacking together. You really wanted to get one over him. Mm, this, this meat is absolutely incredible. Eiji didn't have a response for that. Here he was, taking life lessons from his Digimon, who was more mature than he was. He and Leon could have celebrated their 20th birthdays over drinks in Japan. That would have been fun. You know, I think Pulsman and I were friends, Lugamon said as they licked the bone clean. Sure, if you say so, why not? Eiji said, stuffing his head back into the toilet. He couldn't bear to face himself in the mirror. Eiji, Lugamon said tentatively. All the emotions welled up inside Eiji, who began openly weeping, his nose soon opening up and mixing with the tears. Do you want to save your friend, Eiji? Lugamon asked. Of course I do, it's my fault he's gone. Eiji wanted to be the one to reach out and pull Leon out of the digital world, just as Leon had pulled him out of the river all those years ago. I want to save my friend Pulsemon too, Lugamon said solemnly. You said it yourself, friends are people you want to go out of your way to help. Even if it hurts you, <laughs> Lugamon, Eiji heaved between slobs. We'll save them, even if it means fight facing down the Royal Knight. We play on hard mode for our friends. And that was it for the intermission. So again, this was considered part of chapter two in terms of the release on Digimon.net. So that's why I'm including it in my, uh, well, I, I would in future include this in my reading for chapter two, but again, I didn't know beforehand. It was kind of vague. It just said an intermission. 
It could have been anything. Some people were even expecting it to not be anything, just to be a complete break. I knew there'd be something because there was a time specified, and usually if a time is specified, then there is going to be something there. It could have been just artwork, it could have been an interview, it could have been a side story, but no, it turned out to be part of Chapter 2. Um, so I'm assuming future intermissions, if we have any, will uh, will be like that. In terms of my feelings and emotions about this chapter and any thoughts that I have, I'm wondering... Again, I don't trust Professor Usenji at all. I feel like he might be a big bad or... Uh, maybe he is the dictator of X-Nation, maybe he is in cahoots with them. I don't know why, I just get a really weird feeling uh, to him. Maybe he, maybe he's fine, maybe he's just uh, exactly what he says he is, but I don't know, there's something va vaguely suspicious going on there. In terms of what I think they're going to do, want to rescue Leon, I'm wondering if one, if they'll be able to save him, or two, if they only have... Uh, a, a fused Leon and Pulsemon entity. I don't think that they're completely dead because of uh, various, as I mentioned in my uh, review video for Chapter 2, I don't believe he's dead because of various leaks slash data mine bits of information about future evolutions for Pulsemon that presumably would appear in Digimon Seekers. Again, it could just be designs that they have that may not be ever relevant, but it would be weird for them not to use them, but again, we saw that sort of thing happen in Ghost Games, so anything could happen. But I think that they're they're either going to find him completely and restore him completely, and Leon's going to come back to life and no longer be DMIA. Uh, it is possible that again we just get a fused entity of him and Kazuchimon since their Digicore is fused. If that is a permanent thing, they could just again function as one entity, kind of like a permanent. Biomerge or Jogress, where they're just stuck like that now, where he is just part of Kazuchimon or part of Pulsemon forever now, that is a possibility that also be quite an interesting thing for uh, it, it to happen. Uh, again, kind of like a permanent Biomerge that, that did be interesting to see or rather uh, read slash listen to in, in this case. So I am wondering what they will do whether it's just a very much power of friendship brings him back to life, which is very Digimon. Digimon loves using the power of friendship, so do a lot of things. It's not unique to Digimon, but Digimon does love to bring up the power of friendship. So if he just brings him back to life and he w wakes up magically and the Digicore is unfused, I'm... I don't know, I feel like I would prefer it if they didn't just have him back to life. I like when there are actual consequences that are permanent. I know that Eiji's been punishing himself for this, and it was great to, again, see something of a more mature theme, rather than just, like, something aimed at kids. It is nice when we have things for the Digimon franchise that are aimed at adults a few years ago, I was saying how I don't like when Digimon is aimed at adults. I actually prefer when it's aimed at the, the original target demographic, being children. And this was in the case of Digimon Adventure Try and Atmon. I really liked Atmon, which was aimed at a younger audience of, you know, children. And then we had Try, who was aimed at older fans. And I really, really preferred Atmon to Try quite substantially, even. I think Try was overall all six chapters was okay but Atmon was and still is my favorite series of Digimon but after saying that uh, fast forward to now we have things like Digimon Survive 
and Digimon Seekers, which are both aimed at much older fans and have older themes, and even, to an extent, Digimon Ghost Game, I would say that that's aimed at teenagers rather than children, and has some harsher themes that wouldn't be suitable for children. So Bandai and Toei have both proved me wrong that uh, Digimon can be for adults, and it is nice to see those darker themes in, uh, in Digimon, because previously, prior to Survive, prior to Seekers, I would have just said, nah, keep keep Digimon aimed at kids. Uh, yes, I'm an adult watching a kids thing, but I, you know, if, if it's good, it, it can still be good. I'd rather a good show for children than a bad show for adults, but apparently we can just have good things for adults too for, for the franchise, so that's cool. Again, it's it's really... It, it's nice seeing this. Well, it, I say it's nice. I mean, I just appreciate it. Uh, obviously, uh, there are emotions here. So it's, it's you know, quote unquote, nice to see emotions happen and big amounts of falling out and consequences for bad actions. I appreciate that we see the contrast between Leon and Eiji's motivation. Leon, at the end of the day, just wanted to protect and rescue Eiji and AG got taken over by the desire to uh, to win and to be correct and to beat Leon. And I'm really glad that they're sort of going into AG's inner turmoil and he's kind of... I know he's, he's extremely depressed because he just basically caused the death of his best friend. And I really appreciate that we're, we're not just jumping on to the next chapter, which is what I thought might happen we are actually going to see how he's handling the situation, how people around him, like Rusenji, are handling the situation. I feel like Rusenji is as much to blame as Eiji in, in some ways, because he... I, I, I mean, the, 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 this, this chapter segment, whatever, this, this said it itself, Eiji did what Professor Rusenji told him to do, to get in with the SOC and to do what they want. And this is something that the SOC wanted. So Rusenji kind of put AG and Leon up against each other, which is why, like, was it just a mistake that he that he made, that he put them up against each other? He was He's well-meaning and he didn't want them to be up against each other? Or is this something that he knows about? I'm wondering if he's aware that AG and Leon know each other, and he's purposely putting them against each other. Because remember, Leon also wanted to protect Professor Rusenji, and Eiji wanted to impress Professor Rusenji. That's something that, make, that is one of the reasons why I'm feeling kind of uh, a little bit not super trustful of him. Again, it could he could be well-meaning. This could just be a mistake. He didn't mean to put them up against each other. It was just coincidence that he knew both of them. But... I don't know. It's almost like if he's working for the X-Nation, and that that is a possibility, if if he thinks that Leon and Eiji are both threats to the X-Nation, especially Leon, because he killed their giant machine Dramon, if he is seen as a threat, then the best way to get rid of that threat is to get rid of that threat. But Professor Rusenji can't do that directly, and he wants to kind of have someone else do it for him. So in the same way that AG is infiltrating the SOC for Professor Rusenji, why? What if he's actually 
meant to uh, to not do anything with the SOC, but to distract or even possibly kill Leon. It's it's all kind of suspicious. Again, he could just be completely well-meaning. This could be all coincidences. Maybe he didn't know that they knew each other, but I don't know. I'm I'm really suspicious about all of this. But are those are in general my thoughts about the intermission. Where, how are we going to do the power of friendship? How are we going to bring Leon back? Are they going to be able to bring Leon back? Is it just a fused digicore forever? Who's to say? Professor Rusenji, I'm, I do not trust him. I trust him even uh, less than I did that I mentioned in my review video. So, of course, if you haven't watched that already, I recommend doing so. But in terms of my enjoyment, I really enjoy this. Again, love the darker themes really enjoying this. So that's it for the reading of the intermission. Contact me, stay updated, leave us comment on this episode on YouTube to join in the conversation. For a full list of ways to find the podcast across the internet, such as YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, and Twitter, head over to my link tree, linktree slash lost in translation on link, tr.e slash lost in translation on. If you enjoy the podcast or videos or even my silly little posts online, you can show your support by signing up on Patreon and get some cool rewards and help us hit milestones. For example, early recordings for the rest of Digimon Seekers. I'll be releasing each weekly segment on Patreon, the public release being just online uh, once the whole chapter has been released, so you'll get each chapter as it effectively is released, so that's pretty cool. By chapter, in that case, I meant segment. And thank you to our account supporters on Patreon. Stephen Reeves, who is Wild C4 on Archive Our Own. Kadawashi Chisai, who can follow on Twitter at Chisai236. Nibu, who says you should follow Chisai on Twitter at Chisai236. Lismet Alekmon on Tumblr. Rather, who is Alekmon on Tumblr. Nicholas Emery from Gone All Hunting, a Hunt Hunter Watch podcast. Magnus Lucas Jason105. Patrick Jason Shelby Diddle Hazard, who is on Twitch at The Diddle Hazard. Tropimon V Montama. Joe Kasai Flavin and Big Bad Beetleborg. You can also make a one donation on PayPal, which will be found linked in the description. It's paypal.me slash Ergemon. You can also donate to me on my coffee account, ko-fi.com slash Erdra. And again, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening to this on a podcast catcher, uh, if there's an ability to review it, please give us five stars. Apparently that helps, and my dog has just walked in and decided to lick himself, so that's cool and fun. So say hello to Langley. But yes, if you're watching, uh, watching, watching slash listening to on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, etc. And uh, I'll see y'all on the flip side. Bye!